live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the Zach Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through purpose and passion. My name is Zach Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us today. Got a very special guest with us today, Eric Peters. Thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. So, Eric, just for the audience out there that might not be familiar with the format, I just wanted to let them know that we'll be asking you some quick questions designed to get to know your career better. We'll go into long format questions and allow you some time to answer those, as well as if you are out there listening on Facebook Live or YouTube, you can go ahead and submit a question for Eric as he begins to speak, and we will read them over the internet live, and he will get a chance to answer. So, Eric, what's your exact occupation and title? Yeah, so I work for BP um, as a market analyst in our trading division. So, um, basically, what I do is I help forecast supply and demand to inform uh, trading decisions for our traders. Okay. And what was your education and what did you have to major in to, to be in that career? Um, so I studied economics at the University of Tennessee. Gotcha. And how many years have you been at BP? Uh, I've been in BP for two years now. Gotcha. And what do you like most about it? What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy about the job? Um, so for me, um, I really enjoy kind of the intersection of, of politics and markets. And so working at an oil company that also um, trades oil and, and kind of works in a variety of markets around the world kind of allows me to touch on my passion of the intersection of those two things. Um, I say that probably in terms of the finance sphere, um, oil is one of the most um, kind of products that is that is influenced by by politics. Uh, especially in, in a number of countries uh, around the world. So I, yeah, I think that's kind of what I enjoy about it. And so what made you choose that route? You know, I'd say most of the, let's say you're a high school student out there and you're in a small town or you're in a large town, most people wouldn't, you know, think of a business analyst as a career. How did you find it and where, why did you decide to pursue it? Um, so it's, it's a bit of a funny story. Um, I actually, I was doing an internship uh, the summer after my my junior year at Edward Jones, um, and the the financial advising company, and they also are kind of they operate and, and trade in a variety of markets, and so um, kind of through that I got exposure to the general like kind of marketplace. Um, but uh, was reading a, a newspaper one day at work and realized that not only can people trade stocks and bonds, but also they can trade commodities as well. Uh, and so for me. Um, that's something that I thought was like pretty interesting because it's actually tangible. You can, you can move it around, you can touch it, you can put it in your car. Um, so that was something that I, you know, I thought would be interesting to, to learn more about and kind of did some research about who, who does that. Um, and BP was one of those companies that popped up on that list. So reached out to HR and expressed my interest because they don't, they don't recruit at Tennessee. Um, and had some good conversations and went through interviews and two years later, here I am. So interesting. And so let me get this straight. So you actually were in a financial advisor internship and you read, you were reading a newspaper and that is how, when you came to this thought, right? So was it anything to do with the contacts you had met through your internship or just purely that article? Um, it was a bit of both. So while I was interning at Edward Jones, um, 
the kind of initial news came out about Brexit. And I remember watching TV online that night and just, it was, you know, obviously a, a wild time. And so I was excited to go into work the next day and see what happened um, and how kind of, you know, what, what uh, financial contracts would move around. And obviously a lot of stuff changed. Um, foreign exchange rates uh, moved pretty drastically. But, but for me, it was a bit of a, it wasn't particularly satisfying because I was like, okay, nothing actually physically has changed in the world. Obviously something important has changed, but nothing physically has changed right now. And yet we're seeing these big fluctuations um, in, in like the value of the British pound. Um, and for me, I was like, ah, eh, I think I would rather work if I'm going to, if I'm going to work in this kind of financial market trading environment, I would rather be working with something that I can actually see and touch um, and, and see how that actually correlates to what, what moves prices. It's so cool because, you know, I always recommend students, you know, even if you don't know what you want to do, do an internship. I don't care if you think that you want to be an engineer and you decide to do it. And Edward Jones is fine. Um, Mm -hmm. As long as you get an internship, it exposes you to networks. And your prime example of what I'm talking about, where you can go in with an idea of a career in mind and you can be exposed to the marketplace or exposed to your passions and realize, hey, I can do this now, or I know these people now that can help me network to get into this company or talk to HR. So I love that example that you, that you give there. So on the reverse, uh, reverse side, this is sometimes kind of tough for people to answer, but what is it about the job you don't like, or what should some people know before going in that's you know a little bit tough about it? Um. I'd say that, so there, there's, I think there's two kind of answers that come to mind initially. Um, so I think when you're working in kind of a, a finance sphere, like the one I'm in, there can be a lot of, depending on the time of day, depending on the time of the year and kind of who your colleagues are, um, it can sometimes be a stressful environment. Um, and so it's okay, like we need to know, should we buy or sell oil right now? And we need to know by the end of the day, because something maybe, for example, like with the election coming up, something is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's kind of my job to help figure that out. And so there's some sort of deadline um, of what I have to come up with an answer to, to a question. Um, sometimes it, it can be a bit stressful um, on the kind of building on that. A lot of the kind of research I'm doing doesn't have clear answers. So if I would say that if you're someone who likes everything to be, clear cut and cookie cutter and it all makes sense, um, then this might be a challenging role for you. Um, I personally kind of enjoy the the lack of a clear answer and the uncertainty and kind of trying to figure out what might that be and what assumptions do I need to make um, to answer whatever the question is. But it, it can be quite, quite vague at times. Um, so it's just a matter of being able to communicate, hey, this is my assumption one and two, and therefore off this, um, here's what I'm, what I'm proposing. Yeah, I think I think you're nailed it right on the head. Sometimes people don't like to work in ambiguity. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, if, if your career's like one of yours, that's a, something for them to know about, you know, behind the scenes that there's stuff out of your control. Things are going to change every day. So, you know, with that being said, this is a great time to ask this question is, 
you know, what does a typical day look like? I know everybody struggles with this question because there's like Zach, it changes every day. But, you know, let's just say we took a typical day. What does your your day look like? Hmm. So, and obviously to be said, every day is a little bit different, which is something <laughs> I like about my job. Um, but in general, in broad strokes, um, so what I'm specifically doing is I'm providing research for our crude oil trading team, which is different than a team that would trade gasoline or diesel or some sort of other petroleum product. Um, so what I help out with is uh, forecasting Gulf of Mexico offshore production and also Latin American production. Um, so what that kind of ends up looking like for me is um, checking in with, with our traders and the people I report to of, Hey, is there, was there any new news overnight that I should be aware of to adjust our forecast? Um, are there any storms coming that could cause people to go like flee their platforms and turn off um, quite relevant right now with hurricane Delta just passing through. Um, and then also reading a fair bit Um for for Latin America in particular, there's not a lot of there's it's a very opaque market, and so where we get a lot of our news from is it's just various news sources, whether it's like Reuters, or um, or the Financial Times or whatever it is, um, and just trying to understand what are what are all the news that I can, what are all the different data points I can accumulate to understand am I right or am I wrong, and how much so. Um, so I'd say those kind of those two things of checking in on the kind of the two forecasts I manage. And then I guess there would be one third part of talking with, with colleagues who um, do the same sort of role that I do, but for other geographies and trying to figure out, Hey, if for example, China needs more oil, um, where's that going to come from? Is that going to come from my geographies or is it going to come from other places and making sure that we're all kind of on the same page about the stories we're trying to tell. So a lot of it's um, probably teamwork. You're probably working from home right now, but mm -hmm. probably a, a lot of it's um, getting on conference calls. You're working with a team because I imagine, you know, at a large oil company, you're trying to work cross-functionally to make these decisions. Is that a fair assumption? And that's, a, that's a very fair assumption. I'd say that probably mm -hmm. a quarter of my time is on phone calls um, and talking with, with my teammates, some that are here in Chicago, some that are in London and Singapore. Um, and then the rest of it is mainly independent work, uh, of, of kind of taking what, if there was any request out of those conversations to work on, or just kind of improving, um, aspects uh, of, my, of my own responsibilities. I always love to hit on that because, you know, uh, when I go back to Haslam college of business, me and Eric both went there, uh, at the university of Tennessee, you know, a lot of the students get frustrated with all the group projects that you do as a business major and you don't really understand, at least I didn't at the time, you know, well, I'm having to work with all these kids that won't have to do their work or, mm -hmm. you know, vice versa. Well, I understand it now. It prepares you for the real world because that's real world. A lot of uh, the business, especially at large corporations, you're having to work cross-functionally with multiple partners. And, uh, you know, like you said, you, ha you have to do that before you even start your independent work that you do. So just always want to highlight that. So what kind of career did you dream about? Let's say you were in, you know, elementary school and fourth grade or something. Was there a career you always dreamed about doing as a kid? It doesn't have to be, of course, an, <laughs> an analyst, but anything come to mind? Uh, I want to be a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> 
so did I, but I couldn't jump more than two inches. So <laughs> never amounted to anything. So, um, you know, it's always interesting to kind of look back because I, I think most people are, are, you know, they, they think of a dream and it kind of might've been a hobby, but it's not really their passion. And then it kind of intersects when they get older, they realize, well, you know, that that's not really my innate ability to guard Shaquille O'Neal in the paint. Um, you know, I'm better at business or I'm better at communication or teamwork or whatever. So it's always, always fun to learn that. So, you know, you, you came out of school and let's say you're in front of students at a university and they ask you, Eric, give me some advice. What should I do? I want to be in a business major because I, I talk to so many students that go into uh, majoring in business. They don't really know what function they want to do. Um, what would you tell them? What would be a couple of pieces of advice you'd give them? So I'd say one, um, hopefully your, hopefully your curriculum exposes you to all the different kind of facets of business. Um, so you can kind of get a feel for what is interesting or what is not interesting to you. Um, I think at least at, at Tennessee, the curriculum did a very good job of exposing that before making you choose what specific major you were going to focus in. Um, but even even among that, I, I'd say something that I noticed a lot with um, a lot of my friends in school was that um, it was it was very easy to pick certain majors because you knew that there was a good job on the other side of it. Um, now, while that's not necessarily a bad reason to pick a major, I sometimes question: Did you did those people really want to do that job? Um, now, so for me, I kind of how I took it was like, well. I'm sure there's lots of other jobs out there that I don't know anything about that maybe aren't clearly represented in the economics grouping or the financial grouping or the supply chain or HR or whatever it is, but I don't know how to figure out what those, what those jobs are. So I spent a lot of time just kind of like Googling around online, looking at job postings and trying to get a feel for what are all the different varieties of jobs that I could do. Um, I would be interested in and like, what do I need to get a job like that? And so from just kind of, doing a lot of that research, understanding that um, there's jobs that aren't going to be recruited at your school. Um, but that doesn't mean that that opportunity isn't open for you. You just have to work a little bit harder to, to reach out to the people that maybe make those hiring decisions. Um, so figuring out what, what companies do actually what you're interested in. Um, if it's HR, for example, then you're kind of in luck because everybody has HR. Um, but, but if it's something a little bit more uh, niche, then, then, you know, kind of take the initiative there and find companies that do that and try to network with them and understand how, how can I become somebody that could work at this company as well? Great advice. You know, you hit on some of the things that I go over and over again is first, you have to discover what's out there. You know, there's 821 career pathways in North America. And so, you know, I guarantee you a lot of people haven't been exposed to a lot of different careers out there. So get yourself exposed to different careers. You did the internship. Plus, I think what you did really well in your business major is you networked very well. You know, you were a part of the business organization there. You did a lot of non-profit uh, work. You did a lot of uh, 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 linking in uh, with other people and other students. So I think that you network was, I don't know why I can't think of that word since I use it every day, but um, you were able to network with everybody there. And so I think you did a great job. So you hit on some points there. What kind of skills do you have to have to be successful in your job? 
you know, I, I know it's kind of mm -hmm. easy to think about from uh, an accounting perspective, you have to have an analytical brain. Uh, I assume mm -hmm. the same thing, but I don't want to assume. So what kind of skills do you think you have to have to be successful? Um, so there, there definitely is some component of being analytical, but I'd say most of it for, for me is being organized. Um, a lot of my teammates are a lot smarter than I am and they can just kind of keep like, Hey, I did this today and I'm changing forecast X for reason Y I can't remember all that. And so I have to write everything down. Um, and so, I mean, I guess every business kind of has different technology for that sort of thing, but we, we have Microsoft OneNote. So I use my OneNote a lot just to write everything down that I think I might need um, in, in like a conversation um, or if I'm presenting something, I just have it right there ready to go. Um, so being organized, um, one, um, number two, yes, like an analytical mindset. Um, and then three would probably be communication. doesn't really matter how good you are at analyzing data and figuring out what the story is behind it if you can't tell that same story. Um, so one thing that, that I've learned from my time here at BP is you want your emails to be as short as possible and you want to get to the point immediately. Um, I would love to write a novel and tell everyone about all the cool work I'm doing, but they don't really want to read it. They have their own responsibilities they need to take care of. Um, and so um, learning how to write in a technical fashion was definitely a challenge for me when I first started, but something that I had to learn and grow in, uh, figuring out what is the most important piece of information um, and what's the main theme I'm trying to communicate here, and then just hitting that. Um, if people have additional questions or they want to know the full background, they'll come to you. Um, otherwise, I'd say just be be concise um, in your in your summary and figuring out what's the most important is probably the third um, skill I think is is very important in my role. Yeah, I, I think emails. Um, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, either having a team that doesn't read them all, um, because you know we had somebody on that own a franchise and they talked about one of their pet peeves was, is they would spend all this time crafting and just editing this email. Mm -hmm. And then the, the team would ask them the questions that were all in that email. And that's one of his pet peeves that, that drove him crazy. So there is that, you know, you have to, in the, the flip side of it too, is you kind of have to look at when you're sending the email and when you get them, because when you get them, you're kind of like, if you have 50 in the inbox, your mm -hmm. automatic <laughs> uh, yeah. head goes to skimming things yeah. and, and just to get caught up. So there's a fine balance. And mm -hmm. I think in the, in the corporate world, when it comes to email. So I, mm -hmm. I like that point about um, it. That's all communication skills that your communication technique and how you lay it out. Um, you know, we certainly all know those people that love to write war and peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, tend to, we tend to tune them out, you know, a little bit more, but um, they may have some important details. So it's a, a fine work life balance there. So what is uh, the kind of the last question? And then we'll follow up on some of the questions that came through from the students is what does career development look like? in a position like yours, you know, you come in, you're, you're doing really well. You really love your job. Is there a step of a five-year plan, 10-year plan? Is there uh, corporate things that you need to do to get the next level? What's kind of your, your own career development desire? 
So that's actually something I've, I've been thinking a fair bit about lately and, and trying to kind of hash out for myself. Um, for at least the next five years, like I'm, I, I'm quite content to, to be a BP. Um, so in general, I guess for, for context, I'm a part of a rotational program. And so it's three different roles, all kind of the same sort of thing, but just on different teams. So I'm on my third rotation right now. Um, and then I'll graduate in the next, I guess, academic year in a way um, and move on to, to some, some team uh, at BP. Um, so hopefully it'll be the one I'm on. Um, it could be, a, it could be another one. Um, but really, I guess like step one is to graduate from this program and get what we call a full-time role, even though I'm already full-time, um, just more for semantics. Uh, and from there, it's just a matter of, um, learning and kind of moving up the ranks from junior analyst to senior analyst, and that'll come with more responsibility, um, move from spending my time on, on small little portions of the world to more of a global focus, um, understanding how all these different places work together to supply um, their various energy needs. Uh, so that's kind of the, the vision in terms of, in terms of how I get there. Um, it's mostly just continued exposure to um, to more senior folks and and learning from them and being mentored by them, um, and then of course presenting in that way too, um, getting more opportunities to kind of show what I can do and that like hey like I do know what I'm talking about. Um, so 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 those are kind of a lot of the main pieces, and then the the last point, which I'm not exactly sure how, where I'm going to fit into yet. But uh, we do have a big focus right now at BP. We want to use more um, coding languages. We really want to use Python um, to automate a lot of our processes that are perhaps would be better automated and we can use our time for more valuable kind of research. Um, and so hopefully developing a bit of a skill set in, in that as well over the next uh, couple of years. Um, do I think I'm going to become this master programmer? I don't, I don't really think so. Um, maybe, but in general, having some sort of uh, knowledge of it to be maybe just a little dangerous with it. I think you hit on, again, your answer was spot on. You know, a lot of professionals, when I ask them the question, because I do believe you always have to be career developing. And so, so a lot of times sales reps will say, well, I've been doing this 25 years. I love to sell. So why would I need to career develop? And there's always development you can do to make yourself better. And so I don't just mean at a company level, I mean it at yourself better. And so you touched on some of those things that are very important, learning a new skill like coding um, for a sales representative, that might be learning a new technology or utilizing a new service that might help you sell more or anything like that. So you have to be continually involving and it sounds like you got a great plan and they've got you really in a good place at, at your current company. So that's great. So we'll jump into the, some of the student questions here. Um, one of the first questions we had is they do actually want to work in oil. Um, and I'm trying to paraphrase this down a little bit, but they want to be a, uh, an oil analyst and they want to know what should they major in once they get to college? Looks like a senior in high school. Um, I would say you maybe don't necessarily have to major in economics, but I would definitely take, a, a fair amount of classes in it. Um, I think my economics uh, coursework was extremely helpful and helped me understand, okay, well, if supply does this, then how does demand move? And what do I do about imports and exports? And so it's not so much 
at least in, in my experience, it's not so much you're learning any sort of pure technical skill, but you're really, I think an economics degree or minor or whatever it looks like um, helps teach you a mindset and teaches you how to think critically um, about the world. And I, one thing I enjoyed was that you can really apply it to just about anything. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think I think taking some classes in economics would, would be good. And then if you are interested in oil, then um, see if you can get a Wall Street Journal subscription. Or, or, I mean, there's also, I mean, I think you have to pay for that. But there's a variety of other free news sources out there um, that also can kind of help you understand um, how, to, how, does, how does oil work and, and what's, what's important and how do renewables factor into that? What's the is oil going to be a thing or not in the future? Um, so just just reading and then um, taking some economics courses, I think would be would be very valuable. Great answer. And then the next question that comes in, let's see here. There's a couple of them. Just want to filter them down. So oh, here's one. So does the big oil companies uh, let students do internships? So I think they're not you may not know this, like BP, Exxon, all of the companies, do they have internship programs for students? They do. They all have internship programs for students. Um, you might hear some outside noise. Someone's doing some. No work. problem. Um, cool. Uh, so they all do have internships. Um, I knew a couple people at school who did supply chain internships with Exxon. Um, I can't speak for, for Shell or, or Chevron or P66 or the other guys, but I do know they exist. Um, at BP, we do have internships across basically all of our operations. Um, it's a big company, so you can kind of do whatever you want. Obviously, it's all going to have some level of energy flavor to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're on the website. Um, you can take a look at it. Uh, but yeah, HR, supply chain, finance, um, engineering. Of course, we do a lot of engineering. We you know refine oil, we produce it. Um, so yeah, there's 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 lots of opportunities there. Awesome. Well, you know, thanks so much for coming on. This has been really helpful. You know, you're, you're out of school and you're in that program. I think a lot of people that I speak to are right in that boat and, you know, they're re, you know, rewind three years where you were, they're trying to make a decision about what they want to do. And so this is very helpful to someone that either a industry or just want some, you know, good advice to what to do if you're in the business school now. So Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to let you get back to work. I know <laughs> we, we appreciate you taking time out of your lunch to join us. And uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Zach. Take care. Yeah, you too.